0: I'm Phil Reed from Steve Jackson Games, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by Burp Wards Babbling Cauldron. If you need the very latest in ointments, potions, concoctions, filters, news, mixtures, elixirs, creams, lotions, balms, or salves, be sure to drop by and browse their wares. Whether you prefer your love potions to fizz, gurgle, froth, or even buzz, Burp Watch is the best and cheapest alchemical brewer in town with only a 17% accidental poisoning rate. That's actually very good. Oh, terms and conditions apply. Potions are almost guaranteed to work. No refunds. <clears throat> The
1: tabletop roleplay news. We aim
2: too amuse and we aim too enthused. Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris or Morris Aka Russ, and with me this week I have got two superheroes. They're masked they're caped. I don't know who they are. I'm going to have to ask them. So, who 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 are you there? Ah, this week, coming all the way from Southampton. I will be
3: the person that knows the secrets that lie in the hearts of men. I will be the listener. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the listener. Wow. <laughs> oh, <I did. laughs> and the other, the other, you there, looking yeah. in in the corner, in the shadows. There.
4: I'm the crab, and I scuttle <laughs> for justice. <laughs> The mighty crab who (laughs) scuttles for justice.
2: I wish we hadn't done that
4: now. The Uh, crab with
2: crabs at
4: midnight.
3: (laughs) As ideas have gone, that's probably not one of your better ones, mate. The (laughs) mighty
2: crab. For for those listeners who haven't figured it out yet, um, with me, obviously, I have Peter Coffee, as always, from the Southampton Guild of World Players. And um, Mm -hmm. probably our most frequent guest, I, I think. Shane Stacks, who's uh, co-hosted this show a few times, and I've been on his a few times, and he's a a good friend of the show, and he's coming on to talk to us all about superhero RPGs. Yay, for great justice. But we'll talk about that later. First, let's do some RPG news. Hello. Do we actually have some RPG news to talk about this week? Yes, we do.
3: What? Get out. Amazing! <laughs> no, there's some news on the show.
2: It's been no. like a
3: month, man. It's been really slow.
2: <laughs> well, last week, we last week, tons. yeah, we did have. Yeah. Yeah, was sorry, pretty dense. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. So, uh, oh there is a lot actually this week. Um, so, do either of you two feel like you are the world's best DM? Mm,
4: I no. mean, I would never and by say. By DM, of
2: course, I mean direct message. Oh, man, uh, that. Well, I'm a terrible direct message. It
3: takes ages for me to display.
4: I always somehow seem to get lost in the tubes.
2: I, 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 yeah, Dungeon master, are you the oh, world's best oh, dungeon fun. master?
4: You know, I would never, I would never say it out loud.
2: There is an easy way to find out whether you're the world's best dungeon master. Oh yeah, sir. Master of dungeons. Mm-hmm. You can. Take place in Wizards of the Coast's new Dungeons and Dragons Dungeon Master Challenge,
1: bah, bah, bah.
2: which launched yesterday, June mm-hmm. the seventeenth, and they- it's a three-stage challenge. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to find out who the who the best DM, who the best direct message in the entire world is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not totally dissimilar. Do you remember um, RPG Superstar yes. a few years ago? we have talked about it on the show before but um Mm -hmm. this is a one of those sort of challenges which each round it gets whittled down X Factor style American Idol style until there's one left Mm -hmm. um so the first round is like a great big um open call anyone Mm -hmm. can enter and then 10 people go through to the second round Mm -hmm. three go through to the final challenge and then Mm -hmm. one goes through to the uh wins Mm -hmm. uh uh, so the winner gets a trophy Mm -hmm. which is lovely about two grands worth of D D products. Nice, wow! Which That's they probably of. already have, but I don't know if they're worth tens dungeon muscle.
3: It's entirely possible. But yeah. and, <laughs> and
4: also, when they walk into a room, do all other DMs have to bow yes, and seek? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That becomes law. yeah, yeah, mm.
2: yeah.
4: They get knighted by the queen.
2: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the first challenge, um, which was yesterday, yes. uh, was a one thousand word entry, mm-hmm. and you had to design a trap. Oh. Uh The contestants have three days to submit their entries, and okay. it's open to anyone who's 18 or over in a fairly small list of countries, actually. Mm-hmm. US, uh, obviously, uh, Canada? Uh, UK, and a couple of European countries, and yeah, it's, it's quite a small list of countries.
3: Uh, oh, okay. Right. Fair enough.
4: Well, that sounds interesting. So it, it's it doesn't actually... I wonder at any point if they actually have you DM a game or if it's just based on yes, your Yeah, Yes, that's the
2: final okay. round. Yeah. So the, mm. fir- the first round's a design challenge. 1,000 words, three days to do it. Yeah. And that, that, that launched yesterday, so you've got to have that in by uh, uh, Sunday. Yeah. So by yeah. the time you're hearing this, by tomorrow. Okay. Assu- assuming assuming <laughs> so you, you, should, to Monday, you listen to this on time. <laughs> if you're listening
3: to this on Monday, I'm very sorry, you can't enter this competition. Russ. Yeah. Raise your hopes, only to dash them with yeah, cruel disregard yeah. for the timetables.
2: So, like ten, ten contestants then yes. will proceed to the next round, which will be in July.
3: Yeah,
2: and that's an elimination stage with various weekly one thousand word design challenges.
3: Right until so, they so, whittle it down. So, so it's basically the best English speaking, tech oriented person <laughs> that also does DMing in this fairly small list of countries.
2: Yeah, cool. yeah. Okay. Well, so well so far, so, so far, far so it's all far. design okay. design challenges. Un-
3: unless this is round one, and there's actually going to be another competition coming, which will open up to the rest of the world. That would be
2: interesting. No, yeah, yeah. but there isn't, as far well as I know. Yeah. No, anyway, so right. so those those weekly design challenges. Uh, the lowest scoring person will drop out each time. There's like ten of them, or nine of them, in fact.
4: Interesting.
3: I know
2: seven of them, in fact, because then three go through to the final challenge in September. Excellent. And that one finally involves actually being a dungeon master (sighs) on a live stream, judged by Mm. a panel. Wow, no
4: pressure there. So Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. As Peter pointed out, it's it's best DM in the world, the same way that in American or in baseball, it's the World Series (laughs) in America. But (laughs) but but it is it is a it does sound fun, and Mm -hmm. you know I I think it's neat that they're doing it. Um, So I'll be curious to see how it all plays out. It, it does sound, I, I guess being a part of being a DM is creating traps and stuff like that. But I think of DM is more of mm. just running people at the
2: table. So, that, so yeah. it sounds like yeah. design, I mean, but, some, some of it is design yeah. works being yeah. a DM. But, and but and in really. this
3: podcast, we have on every time we've spoken to a streamer basically agreed that a stream and a game are not the same bunny. Um, you stream, games, well, how, well, yeah,
2: but, but how about are they gonna do that? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just the mess yeah, with you, yeah, an ongoing
4: stream. Is you had a really good guest, uh, what was it? Red Dot, I think her name was, Red Dot, yeah.
2: Yes. yeah, uh, where
4: you know, she really talked about if you're going to seriously stream and make mm-hmm. a business out of it, you know, it was very interesting the, the skills and approach that that she recommended. So,
1: mm-hmm. but,
4: yeah. yeah, I guess a one time stream just to, you know. Throw a little stage fright in the mix, you know. Hey, yeah. you don't yeah. normally DM in front of thousands or potentially millions of people, but this time you will, um, mm. and we're going to judge you on or, it.
2: Or do you? <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there is a wrinkle in this. Well, oh. I know Peter's aware of the wrinkle because he's tweeted about it. There's a so your entry.
3: Oh right, becomes yeah. oh, of
4: course. The sole yeah.
2: property of oh. Wizards of the Coast. Yep. Yeah. They can use it in any way they wish, even if you mm-hmm. don't win, mm-hmm. and they don't even have to credit you for
4: yeah, it. Okay, I saw tweets. Some I, I saw people talking about them not having to credit designers. So this is mm. what they were talking about. I'm not on board with that.
3: I mean, you credit so, somebody somehow, but I, I mean, I'm looking yeah. forward to, this, to 2022 when we'll have like, Wizards of the coast bring out a thousand best traps?
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Right. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. crowdsourcing their design work. Yeah, I mean,
2: I don't, I yep. don't think they're doing that. I think, yep. um, uh-huh. I, I think what what they're doing is just protecting themselves mm-hmm. in case of simultaneous design and yeah. someone going, "Hey, that's just like my entry," yeah. and they're no, like, "The hmm, lawyers,
4: yeah." There's always yeah. the parallel dimension of lawyers. Yeah. So, so that yeah.
2: uh, that I do understand intellectually why they're doing it like that, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't phrase the entry requirement saying, "But if we do try, if we do use your thing." you know we'll and and we will you... pay and credit you
1: yeah
2: you know right. um, and it, you know the likelihood is they won't use your thing almost yeah. right. certainly they won't use your thing but if they did
4: well i think that brings a you know a, a thing that people forget you know we think of rpgs as our beloved hobby which it is but when you especially when it comes to D&D and wizards of the coast i mean that's a big corporation they have to operate as a corporation, and there's there's mm. a big business side to it.
3: Um, mm,
2: they're, they're part of Hasbro, so yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah.
2: But anyway, right. that is that is how you can find out whether or not you are the best direct message in the world.
4: Yeah. Well, yes. I think that's fantastic.
2: I already know I am, so I don't need any. <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, right? <laughs> no, <you're>, I don't, <laughs> don't you're
3: need on the <laughs> of the I don't. I
2: don't need validation. I, yeah, know. I,
4: don't, I don't. I don't need empirical objective.
2: Uh,
3: (laughs) validation i know no you you don't need external validation i I did
2: a survey and 100 percent of people that i asked confirmed that i was indeed the world's best dm but i'm just
3: gonna say Hudson does not count
4: (laughs) (laughs) when it gets to the live stream part it's it's like a guy with an obvious like (laughs) fake nose and mustache it turns out it's keith
3: baker he wanted to oh, enter, but he'd
4: already won for Eberon way back in the day, so he was disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah.
3: last singer, but the last the yeah. Now that's something I'd watch. I would I'd watch, watch that. the heck out of that. Who
2: is this who is this guy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> moving moving swiftly on. So yeah. Ray Winninger, who is the uh, head honcho at the uh D D studio over at Wizards of the Coast, has hinted at, yeah. well not just hinted, announced, yeah. that there will be another hardcover book this year, other than the ones that we mentioned last week. So we mentioned Strixhaven last week yeah. and we mentioned uh, Witchlight <laughs> yes. last week. We there's going to be another one. <sighs> In between those two... Oh wow. With all this um, content uh-huh. they're really <laughs> embarrassing
3: us. It's almost like there's some sort of significant anniversary coming up.
2: Yeah, It's yeah. by James Wyatt. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yes. So I uh I have a guess for it and I'm I'm f like, I i am my guess is one I'm act I would actually be willing to bet on. Oh. It's not a super uncommon guess, so I've seen other people guessing the same, but I think it's a Draconomicon or something along those lines. It's a dragon uh, book. A book of dragons. Yes. I want to. So, Comic
4: Dragonlance of or Comic Con. It's Comic-Con. not going to be
2: Dragonlance because they've got two. Mm. They've got two um, settings already this year. Yeah. Mm. So maybe maybe next year Dragonlance. Maybe. Well, I you know they know did
4: officially tease Dragonlance in a related product recently, right? Hmm. I'll let you, you finish this news LA? item, and then I'll throw it out there.
2: Uh, so uh, this is this is why I think it's a Dragonomicon. Sorry, yes. James Wyatt.
4: Yes.
2: James Wyatt co-wrote the third edition Dragonomicon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there's been two recent dragon-themed Unearthed Arcanas. Yes. So there was the one with the dragon-themed subclasses. Yes. And there was the one with draconic options, which had spells and uh, dragonborn variants. And yes. Was that kobolds as well? Was that in that one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. in that one. So he also co-wrote those. Mm-hmm. So James Wyatt is the author of the upcoming book, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I am right, pretty good sure... Guess. I am pretty sure that's enough evidence that I yeah I would I would bet that this is a a dragon themed source book coming up something's uh-huh. guide to dragons I'm gonna guess
4: <laughs> Ray Willinger's
2: <laughs> guide to dragons not Ray yeah. Willinger <laughs> Matt Wyatt's
1: guide to dragons
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean yeah yeah that's what I think it is.
4: Cool.
3: Oh, okay. Well, I,
4: you know, I, uh, half the fun of this kind of stuff is just speculating
2: whether mm. you're right or wrong. So, w- Will I'm,
3: they, yeah. we reckon they're going to make gem dragons official?
2: Because, oh, I think so, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, would, I would imagine so.
4: I know a game that's got
3: gem dragons. <laughs> yes. It? Does it also have essence dragons as well? Yes. Mm. That is. That sounds like an awesome game. That sounds like at least four different types of dragons. So huh? That's like 20-odd dragons going on. Crazy yeah. Yeah. Dragons.
2: Which will be coming out about the same time as this alleged dragon book. Yes, yes. yes. ladies and gentlemen,
4: that? it's your ah. weekly pitch <laughs> for <laughs> Level Up
1: Advanced Fifth Edition. Yeah.
4: Kickstarting and well have right. you already re- have you already released the
3: Kickstarter date? I am just saying Cassandra uh, yeah, first, the dragons, first Tuesday
2: of October.
3: So like this uh, Wyatt chap chat better, step up and bring his best, because otherwise he <laughs> oh, might I'll be in for it. problems. Peter's throwing the say. gauntlet. He better <laughs> step up. Wow. So, wow. Oh, well,
2: anyway, all I can. Anyway, anyway. That, that, anyway, that's good dragon. <laughs> let me let me try and steer this this train back onto the tracks because well, I haven't no quite fun. finished talking yes. about Ray Winninger's uh, right. announcements. So yes. he also has indicated that there are s- uh, some more um, settings coming. So yeah. there are two more products that revive classic settings in production right now. Mm. Uh, the first, the manuscript for the first, overseen by Chris Perkins, is nearly complete, mm-hmm. uh, and the work on the second, led by F. Wesley Schneider, with an assist from Ari Levitch, is just wrapping mm-hmm. up in earnest, and both of these mm-hmm. are targeting 2022, next nice. year, and, this is the weird bit, they're in formats we've never seen before. Hmm. What, like an album or something? Well, I've seen an album before, so oh, I don't know. yeah.
3: So it can't be an LP. <laughs> well, um,
4: <laughs> it's never been seen
3: in 5th edition. Right. I mean, so, you, you can read it to that whatever you want. It's whatever. the return of the yeah. splat book. I, I, I'm looking forward to the Laserdisc version of Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> that they're bringing out. Um, and maybe a mini disc version as well. That's <laughs> Access- like really enhanced accessibility. I want, I want it on dat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For our, for our younger yeah. listeners, I refer to some technologies that were very promising at the time, but have since become somewhat yeah. obsolete. So,
2: so, anyway, in addition to those two titles, so those yes. are reviving classic settings yes. in a new format. What Ooh. revive reviving a classic setting in a new format means, I don't know, but that's what they're doing. Interesting, and that's next year. Okay. Um, okay. So that's two products. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't say that's two. It doesn't say that's two settings. It's two products that revive classic settings. Okay. So both settings did, is plural. Yeah, so they could be like anthology products in a way, like each one's got three settings in or something. Maybe oh, that's well, the form. Yeah, I, like that. well, I,
3: I don't know. Well, I mean, the *Raven* *Vandrickson's Guide to Ravenloft* produced about, about twenty.
2: Well, yeah. So yeah, who knows? So maybe are just getting all yeah, the little. Yeah, maybe they're just yeah. going like all these all these settings that we don't want to do a massive book for, we're gonna yeah. give them a chapter each in this yeah. anthology book.
3: I, I, yeah. I would, I, I would they'll do that. a page they'll do a page for spell drama, uh, page for uh, Planescape, and the rest of the book can be Al and everyone will be happy. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: I think somebody wants but what they,
2: what they But what, what they will actually do is just a page for each of them, and then the rest of the book will be the Sword Coast, because they haven't covered that in enough detail yet. Oh, no, there's
3: no... Uh, I, I, mean, no. I mean, look, they've just given the Adventurers guys Sword Coast. Where's the real deep dive into the lore that we're all absolutely desperate for?
4: I, I do have to say, though, that the Sword Coast is a fun, well-established area to play in. I mean, it's at this point, it's been developed... I'm not saying it's Tolkien-level of world-building... But the Forgotten Realms has had a a very rich amount of world building, especially the Sword Coast area. I mean, you could there's there's a lot of cool lore going on
2: in there. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah. carrying on. Yes. In addition to those two titles, yeah. there are two brand new D D settings Ooh. in early development, and these are not Magic the Gathering worlds, so they're what? totally new.
3: Oh, there you go. Mind
2: blown. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also, there's a return to a setting they've already covered. Ooh. The Sword Coast.
1: <laughs> yeah, the
2: Sword Coast.
4: <laughs> Instead of the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, it'll be the Sword Coast...
2: Hero's Guide. Yeah, <laughs>
4: Hero's Guide. Yeah, exactly. Wow.
2: So well, that's, that's a lot. That's five. That's five. Potentially five. You know,
4: yeah, but if if they were about to drop 6th edition, or, or gear... I mean, they're... And I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying... They're not slowing fifth edition down. If anything, they're they're ratcheting yep. it up. They're not phoning mm. it in. I mean, they're mm. they're definitely supporting it. Mm. Um, mm. It's like splat book level of releases, but they're not splat
1: books.
2: Yeah. So, well, how mm. many hardcover books have we had now this year? So we've got three coming. We've had two, yeah. so it's five this year. No. So that's yeah. one every just over one every two months. Yeah. No, they're not. Well, so, you know, they're that's not quite like, quite a end. clip. That's approaching Pathfinder right now. So we let's
4: die. put our ponder hats so. on.
3: Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sorry, like, you cannot be the same source but producing machine that is Paizo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it's not even close, mate, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, so
1: fair Do enough.
4: you think this will lead, I mean, I don't see d d slowing down, but do you think this will lead to any sort of fatigue?
1: Uh, just, no, no, just a ponder?
3: I think
2: they're going to do like a revised player's handbook for the anniversary.
3: Uh, yeah, in I twenty-four. Mean, basically I don't think it's um, going to be
2: sixth edition. I think it'll be a revised player's handbook, sort of allotted to how a few changes, races changed to lineages. Yeah, uh, all the stuff that they've been doing recently is just going to uh, be. Yeah. So Effect, it's going to essentially
3: fold a lot of the changes from Tasha's into it.
2: Yeah, and call it's going to be a three point five. Like, well, a five-point-five kind of. I think. Well, yeah. oh, I mean, the scuttlebutt
4: yeah. that I'm hearing is they're going to announce yeah. Jeff Goldblum is the new um, creative <laughs> lead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, can, we can only hope okay so did either of you to take that survey that appeared briefly this week
4: no but most of what i know about it was because of your posts and then yeah. after that i saw some interest slash minor uproar about it
2: so did you, i did I, you, you
3: complain i saw you complaining about it i was like okay
2: I'll give you did
3: that you, did, did, so none of you took it. Okay, so No, no, no. Mm. I, I saw your post about it. I was like, oh, okay, well, that sounds like a rubbish survey. Okay, well,
2: so do either of you know what it was about?
4: Uh, so what like, I've heard is what I've <laughs> heard is that it involved a potential virtual tabletop and maybe a setting. I can uh, and I also know. Okay, so some players who took the survey. Got an additional section of the survey that required an NDA. But yeah, not so everybody who took it. And I, initially, I,
2: I initially took the survey, uh-huh. got to the got to the bit where it threatened to come and break down my door and no. um and find what, me should it, I it should I tell anyone about the survey? They um, threatened them. to
3: get you and your little dog too. And, and then asked, and asked, then asked
2: then asked, Do I agree to this? And I said no, and it kept me no. the survey. So, so I, I didn't see the bit afterwards. And also, I didn't agree to any NDA there. However, yes. it's all over the internet. It's all Reddit. Yes. It's I've uh, seen screenshots on Facebook. It's ooh, it's uh, there's someone. Um, and you had
4: to know that they had to know that was going to happen. Yeah, so is this yeah. a you know let's design a leak situation
2: for marketing? Yeah, I don't know. Gonna, I don't know. Yeah. That, so right. well, the images <laughs> I've seen are of a virtual a three a three D virtual tabletop type setup, Oops. with lots huh? of stuff being shared with phones and screens and iPads and, you know, so you've got a character sheet on your phone and you've got a 3D virtual tabletop on yeah. your screen and and it's about mixing reality like people at the table and people not at the table and all sorts of things so Interesting. that is yeah. what the screenshots look like that have been circulating around the web.
3: So, so Wizards is going to take another shot at creating some sort of uh, electronic player aid and dungeon hmm. master thing uh, which sort of will evoke a certain PTSD perhaps in fourth edition players who are like, oh, God, not again. Mm. <laughs> but but they're a lot better resource this time. Um, oh, if, they, if they
2: partner up with, say, D&D Beyond, you are good at that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, if no. they find a good partner, yeah. you can pull it off. I mean, if yeah. they partner up with D&D Beyond and you can use the books that you've already bought, Mm. That would be pretty amazing. But I suspect this will be another opportunity to say, oh, you need to buy yeah. all your books again. Well,
2: I don't know. I Beyond has been hinting at something big coming up for them. Oh. That so doesn't mean that's it, but, right. but who knows? Who knows? Yes.
4: Well, I, I'm <laughs> definitely more interested, you know, one, one thing that, <laughs> and I am not implying, let me put the disclaimer out there, the frantic disclaimer, COVID <laughs> was not good. COVID was terrible, no. bad, awful. Uh, However, it did force people to get creative or find new ways to do stuff. Mm. And COVID has led me to be more receptive to virtual tabletops. Mm. And, you know, you're getting, you know, you've got Fantasy Grounds, you've got Roll20. I keep hearing good things about one called Foundry. Mm. Mm. So I I think- I haven't
2: haven't tried Foundry, but apparently it is very good. I I
4: keep hearing good things about it. So Mm. I, I think the virtual tabletop space is ripe for growth. Like, uh, you know, we'll probably look at, like, what Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds is in 10 years, like we look at old 90s websites now, right? Oh, that's cute. That's quaint. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what develops.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, I'm going to move on quickly because yes. we are... We are- Tempest future. We are tight on time and we've got lots to get through. So we have got a tease for a possible Dragon Dragonlance video game. Uh,
4: yeah, that's mm-hmm. the news item I was going to bring up. So. Ah, yes. yeah, so this
2: this one is by that's Chris cool. Cox. Right. So Chris Cox is the uh, CEO of Wizard of the Ghost. Right. Uh, so he's way winning as boss. Uh-huh. And he talked to the, the website gamesindustry.biz. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, he was talking about there's over 100 D&D video games... In the past. Oh, right. uh, and uh, over the next five years, there's six d video games coming out. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, amongst those, he counts Dark Alliance and Baldur's Gate 3. So four new ones in addition to oh. those two. Right, nice. Dark Alliance, we already know, centers around kind of Drisdor and it's uh-huh. kind of an action-y button mashing right, Action kind of, RPG, yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Baldur's, Baldur's Gate like,
1: 3, 3.
2: dark healthy, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Powder's Gate 3 obviously is this sort of isometric kind of adventuring party yeah. type of thing. Yeah, the Mercy
3: original Sin 2 does the intake absolutely. Mm.
2: Yeah. So this is this is the quote from um, Games Industry. It says and this is uh, Chris Cox talking, he says, In one game you might run a thieves guild and traverse the thieves highway of Waterdeep, uh-huh. and in another you might marshal dragon hosts in the war torn world of Crim.
1: Ooh, instead of another,
2: <laughs> instead of another, you might explore the very origins of the D and D universe in real time combat.
3: Okay, that's that is a lot of promise. Mm. Well, it's nice. the
4: first time. Other than there, there's been a few fifth edition source books or adventures that have little sidebars, right? That say, "Oh, if you want to set this adventure in Oerth, which is Greyhawk or mm-hmm. Kryn." then You would do this, uh, but other than that, as far as I know, that you know, this is the first time really that Kren mm. has been floated, you know, or teased mm. in an announcement. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm a huge Dragonlance nerd,
3: so I, I mean, it's explicitly said, yeah, Kren, right. So, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I but, think but,
2: but at Marshall Dragon Host in the War World of Kryn sounds like a real time strategy war game, it, type it does thing to yeah. me. Are you it thinking does, something yeah. with
3: maybe the Total War sort of franchise?
2: <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Or, or, maybe, or something like that. Maybe not yeah, that specifically. Right. But,
4: well, yeah. your dragon, uh, you could you you have you can fling stern bright blades at, mm. at your enemies since it's going to be an action game instead of an RPG.
2: But there's another thing. He's also Chris Cox also says that video yeah. games are core to the future of D anD. d They're core mm. to their brand blueprint and how they plan to expand their audience. So yeah, it sounds right. like video games, I mean, obviously the video game market's 10 times the size of the tabletop game.
4: Well, right. Hmm. Yeah, that was his point. Uh, he least. said, like, there's 60 million people playing, D," and he's using loose numbers, but there's 60 million people playing D&D. There's 600 million hmm. people playing video games. So obviously, yeah, or more, you know. yeah.
2: It's like At, I'm a billion yeah. or whatever, yeah.
4: Yeah, and the one one final thought on this for me, and this is even you know, I'm very interested in computer role playing games and all that. Mm. You know, I've been a co author on a book on that with Matt Barton. Mm. But even I didn't I was struck by the fact that there have been one hundred video games
1: mm. with mm.
4: uh with D and D licenses. Well those
2: there ahead. were eight Dragon video games. Mm.
4: Uh there were several. Uh I think uh, it went up yeah. to like Dark Queen of yeah, we I, you see the diff- the thing is, it's not just computer role playing games, right? It's uh-huh. like there's all kinds of different games out there, but a hundred—that's yeah. a lot. I yeah, mean, that's more than it's I would have guessed.
2: Yeah, it is mm-hmm. a lot. But the the eight Dragonlance ones were Heroes of the Lance, Champions of Quinn Dark Queen of Quinn, Death Knights of Quinn, Dragons of Flame, Dragon Strike, Shadow Sorcerer, and War of the Lance. different Uh, computer
4: games. And some of those were sort of arcadey or action, right? Yeah, I think Dragon
2: Strike was kind of like, yeah, you're you're flying along canyons, breathing fire at other dragons or
3: something. I I mean, the the reason I made a Total War reference earlier is because unless they're going to try and divert their own game engine, which seems like that might not be advisable, Mm. they're probably going to use an existing one and then... In much the same way as we might, they're going to re the things that go on top. The only thing, the only th- it, thing it, that it, might be it. a
2: barrier to that is that Total War does Warhammer. Yeah,
3: yeah that's true. So
2: that might affect their arrangement with Games Workshop. So maybe they might have to go yeah, with someone you know, else. No, no, no. I
3: don't yeah. know. I, I, I mean, they might do uh, Stellaris, but D&D, I, I have no idea, mate. No. It's like, yeah, it'll we'll be have interesting see. to see.
2: Okay. Okay. Anyway, we still haven't finished the (laughs) D&D. We're still on D&D. Wow. So, D&D Live this year. I've mentioned it. It is being run by uh, early 2000s boy band G4, who came second in the X Factor back in 2002 or 2003 or something. That would
3: explain why they're so bad at keeping hold of prisoners.
2: That is that is is who G4 is. Um, So um, this uh, this D&D live event, um, there's going to be a live game called The Last Odyssey: Last Light. It features dragons, krakens, and giant sea queens. Krakens. Yeah. <laughs> the DM mm. will be Kate Welch. Yes. And the celebrity guest. Have you heard who the celebrity <laughs> guests are? Yes,
4: I saw this last night, and I was, I was like, wow. Tell me, I'm on Tinder
2: Okay, we have a Mister Jack Black. What? Like the yep. Jack Black. The Jack. Yes, no, just a Jack, Jack Black. They just, found oh, it. <laughs> <It's>
1: just
4: uh, <laughs> and his photo looks like a just <laughs> drug-addled uh, mug shot. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So, oh, all right, okay. Okay. so, got, so
3: Jack Black. I think we've got. <laughs>
2: Reggie Watts. Oh, nice. Uh We've got Lauren Lapkus. Mm-hmm. We've got Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Yep. yep. And Kevin Smith. Jason
3: Mewes. Isn't that? The guy that plays Jay to Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Jay and Silent yeah. Bob and are basically Silent going to play D&D. Are, uh, are yeah. going
2: to be doing it. And a special okay. mystery guest they have not yet announced.
4: I think that's going to be Matt Mercer, but uh, who knows?
2: It that feels my like there's going guess. to be a
3: lot of personality at this table. Yes. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> feel there's like, yeah be, that's pretty impressive.
2: I, I feel there's going to be less d going on and more just general riffing and being really funny. Uh, and yeah, you think. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I mean, huh. for spectator d you know, I mean it's D and D is is just the excuse for a bunch yeah, of creative yeah. people to get together and be entertaining, well, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I this impressed me when I saw the lineup. What would also impress me, like you said, it's G four. It's also gonna be on Peacock, which is NBC's hmm. streaming service. Really? Here I've even heard of
2: in, Peacock, it was Peacock? Yeah,
4: Peacock is yeah, yeah. NBC's it's... streaming service here oh. no, right, in the okay. States, which is pretty big. And then yeah. it's, it's also gonna be a on... version
3: of the stand on or something. Yeah.
4: No, that's, that's uh, like CBS. That's CBS All Access, which oh. now is Paramount Plus. Peacock is. Wait.
3: Yeah, everybody's
4: getting into in the streaming game, we, right? We, we, what we, I'm we, don't, is- we
2: don't have any of this stuff. It all just ends yeah. up on Netflix. Mm. <laughs> well, well, they also that. said it's yeah. going
4: to be on YouTube and Twitch. Yeah. So, oh, you know,
1: nice.
2: a
4: year ago, this would have been tucked away on a Twitch stream. Mm. Even a big game like this, and now it's on Mm. like G4 and Peacock. I mean, that's Mm. actually, to me, more significant than the people that are in the game. Mm. So
3: big talent, but a much bigger network audience sort of thing. I I
4: guarantee you this Jeff Goldblum on the podcast thing is going to be a watershed moment. We thought Mm. that D&D and RPGs were getting big. But mm-hmm. when Jeff Goldblum gets involved, it, it, it's taken it to a whole other level mm-hmm. with interest from like Hollywood and celebrities
3: you watch. Yeah. That's that's my prediction. Well, openly involved is, I think, the key Right, yeah, key yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, everyone knows about Vin it's Diesel. not the first celebrity to do that.
2: We've had Vin yeah. Diesel doing it, we've had yeah. lots yeah. of big celebrities doing it. Recently.
3: Yeah, but Jeff Goldblum is a
4: whole different level. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's what I would, yeah. I mean, you know, I would consider him A list.
3: Super famous celebrity, yeah, and actually doing it publicly has public right. performance. That's I mean, not significant.
4: did, did yeah, Vin I mean, Diesel's a great entertainer and yeah, he's yeah. famous, but I would say jo- Jeff Goldblum. They, they I don't mm-hmm. know if they still have this thing called the Q rating like, who knows who people are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like the yeah.
3: six degrees of Cohen Bacon, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, well, it's
4: like you know, if you if you floated out there, like, who huh. knows Jeff Goldblum versus who knows Vin Diesel. Yeah, Jeff yeah, Goldblum would get you
3: know, a higher recognition,
2: rate. right? Yeah, recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay, okay. Can we stop talking about D&D now, shall we? We talk well, about uh, D&D. Oh, no, there's talk. something no, there's something slightly still D&D. Oh, God, it doesn't stop, does it? Okay, no, well, it let's stop. talk about some RPGs, man. Go on, hey, Okay, go. so um, <laughs> Jeff Easley, he is an iconic D&D artist. Yes. Um, okay, he yep. did a lot of the covers of a lot of the first and second edition hardcover rule books. For okay. some of the most probably some of the most iconic D and art there is. I would mm. I would argue. Just gorgeous yeah, stuff. I mean, I so we got, would,
4: Jeff Easley and Larry Elmore are probably the two most
2: yeah, recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we've got oh, yeah. the cover of the first edition Dungeon, uh, Dungeon Master's Guide, we've got Anathakana, we've got uh, the Monster mm. Manual Two, we've got Players' Handbooks, first and second edition, we've got you know, really, really famous pieces. Right. Yeah. And he is selling prints of these famous pieces okay so you can go and buy them but if you're in the UK you cannot buy them so Shane can buy them I'll buy them and send them to you. Yeah, I was going to say, I am definitely going to ask you to do that. I'll, I'll give you the money. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't <laughs> mind. Because there's one, I, I want that um, Dungeon Master's Guide one with him opening the doors. I really want oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that's rubble. such a
4: classic one. Yeah, yeah. 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 come in, said the spider to the fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's such um,
2: an iconic picture. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so if you are a fan of Jeff Easley's art, you can get some prints now. And hey you go, gorgeous. Ooh. Just go to
4: jeffeasleyart.com. jeffeasleyart.com, yeah.
2: Jefeasleyart.com, yeah. But now I think we can move on from D&D. Finally. Uh, So shall we talk briefly about Chaosium and HeroQuest? I think we should. Yeah. Why not? So you have one month left to buy Chaosium's HeroQuest RPG titles before they disappear forever. (gasps) So earlier this year, or maybe it was last year, Chaosium announced that they'd sold... The, and just uh, to be
3: ultra clear, by the way, this is the HeroQuest setting that Chaosium have produced, which is very different from the HeroQuest board game. Yeah, that's what I was about.
2: They sold yeah. the HeroQuest trademark dun, dun, to Hasbro Fair. because the HeroQuest board game is produced by Hasbro. The yes. HeroQuest RPG setting is produced yes. by Chaosium. Hasbro has now bought the trademark of them, so now it owns HeroQuest, the trademark.
3: And... I'm expecting a HeroQuest role-playing game, probably a conversion for Dungeons & Dragons, to be hitting shelves at some point, maybe next year.
2: Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe.
3: There's a, there's a huge amount of nostalgia for HeroQuest. I remember the Kickstarter came up uh, for the board game re-release, and it just was like, just you can't buy it in the UK. Mm. And that yeah. was quite yeah. annoying. Yeah. So, so, the,
4: so is the RPG, is it a RPG adaptation of... The board game? No,
3: nothing to do with it. Okay. Okay. it's it things with the same
2: names. Which, so, which is
3: why I think Hasbro wants it back in, because then he can say, oh, did you like the board game? You can play the uh, role-playing game. Because yeah. I've got to be honest, that's actually... I, I've always said I came into it from a different angle, but actually, role-playing has the heroes, or in much the same way that you, Russ, you came into... Role playing through getting a copy of Warhammer Fantasy and being like, "I have no idea what this book is or what it means," hmm. but for me, that was definitely Hero request from my brother. Yeah, that and was just your like, gate- That was your gateway. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, just be just like okay, well, I'm, I'm a barbarian. Kick the door in. Ah, hmm. and well, it's you know if you're gonna. If they're buying the the trademark and
4: all that, then mm. I'm sure they have plans. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. oh. yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. and I've got a you know I got to give it to Hasbro. They are you know according to interviews and whatnot. Um, I think Chris Cox said this. Somebody high up said Hasbro leaves us alone, like at, at Wizards of the Coast. Right. Mm. Hasbro leaves us alone, and we do what we're good at. Mm. You know. So mm. that was actually pretty impressive to hear. Yeah.
2: The year. Yeah. They're quite autonomous. Um, but anyway, if you if you want those HeroQuest products from Chaosium, you've got one month left before they permanently right. go out of print. Yes. So, dead on it, if you want them. Or so if you don't if you want World them, quest don't. You don't adders, do, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but... Will you, you be you
3: able to them. buy them through
2: DriveThruRPG? Uh, you or can buy them there? through DriveThruRPG or Chaosium.com. Okay. But I, I, I anyway, until, the end, until okay. the end of this month. Until the end, yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's have a look at some uh, Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition stuff.
4: Ooh. Ooh. Okay, yeah, a story, story with bite.
1: Ooh.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, did that. Oh, very good. Walker um, <laughs> <laughs> So there's two things coming out. There is the Book of Nod, Ooh. which has come out before in previous uh-huh. editions. This is Vampire Fifth Edition, but because the Book of Nod is in fact has no mechanics in it. It's all all lore. I'm not sure okay. what would be different. Isn't that tradition. kind of like
4: their book of vile darkness, kind of like a deep dive into the dark lore of the Yeah, of the I mean, it's not, so
2: basically it's a collection mm. of texts, a lot of which are yeah. kind of like in the format of poetry and stuff. Okay. And um, it covers like the history of the vampire clans all the way back to Cain. Mm-hmm. And this particular edition of it, it's got a faux leather cover and it's got a blood red ribbon. And traditionally, it's kind of used in game as a prop. Right. Right. So your players can look stuff up in it. So there's no mechanics in there. It's just lore. So, but what I
4: want to know, is it genuine faux leather?
2: Genuine faux leather? Is that like a giant (laughs) miniature hamster?
4: (laughs) Yeah, there used to be like, I I don't know, it seems like in the 70s or 80s, like, they would advertise, this chair is from genuine faux leather, so it was like a, like saying gently used vehicle, you know, or, you know, instead of, yeah, so anyway
3: yeah yeah. so it sounds quite good and a good way to get the creative pump fry no I like it
4: uh, yeah it's a great yeah. great thing to have at the table for well, they've also
2: got an artifact edition and this comes in a big square wooden crate <laughs> <laughs> seriously like yeah like yeah, this yeah. uh, with a bunch of scrolls and like a handwritten journal and a nice. stone tablet I say stone but you know I mean uh, right. uh, handouts and photos and flyers nice. and letters this sounds
3: very much like the Mysterious Package Company, where they will send you right. like a series of letters in various handwriting, um, and then they will top that up with sending you like a mysterious
2: artifact in a box. Oh, here's, here's, here's a picture of it. Look at that. There. Yeah, right. send us a link. Look, look at look. that. I mean, it literally is a big crate full of stuff. The okay.
3: Book Ignite. Oh, oh wooden that, crate, that actually looks really cool. <laughs> That, that is some um, quality faux genuine faux leather they've got going on there. Yeah, genuine <laughs> faux leather. So Oh uh, there we go. It's a box and it's got um stuff in it. Py- pyrographed skulls. It's with got like little, little pictures of wood side.
4: carvings mm. and I like it. Yeah. You know, vampire is a very I mean, any game can be atmospheric, right? But yeah. vampire World of Darkness games tend to be more atmospheric. Vampire so and Cthulhu, I think,
2: yeah. Vampire Souls yeah, are kind of like up, at the, up in the top tier of Atmosphere games, I think. Yeah, and these, mm. I mean,
4: I could see I could see using this. Now, it does say image is representation of final product and a subject to change. So what mm. you're going to receive is a shoebox with a bunch of torn out notepads <laughs> yeah. with some scribbles on it.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I'd argue that makes it even more authentic for like a right? vampire hunter's find. You know? Right? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you don't get any <laughs> vampire hunters
1: living long. A
2: couple <laughs> of seats. Uh, so uh, anyway the other the other the second thing is the second Inquisition which is the source book which is coming out in October which nobody expects nobody expects no everyone expects a second Inquisition it's just they expect <laughs> everyone second. Spanish, yeah. Yeah. is
4: their pillow no. even comfier is their chair <laughs>
2: even comfier anyway uh, this second Inquisition um, talks about the secret church which is an organization devoted to destroying vampires and it's just got uh, artifacts and antagonists um, information on the society of St. Um, Leopold Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the American First Light Black program. So
4: it sounds good. Is World of Darkness back on everybody's happy track? Because I I so. like a year yeah. or two ago, yeah. there was all the big, and they, I think they literally changed publishers. I think they changed that, publishers so. twice.
2: And they went to Modiphius, I mean, and mm-hmm. then they went to Renegade Game Studios. So that's three publishers mm-hmm. ago.
4: Well, I want World of mm-hmm. Darkness to darkness World of Darkness to succeed uh, <laughs> because. You Know it's it was such an important part of RPG history and it's mm. beloved by so many people that you know I don't want it to just its legacy to well, go I don't think it will yeah. go away,
2: even if it had like a really bad five years, yeah, it would come back. Mm. So another publisher would bring it back yeah. and it'll be this is the new one and it hasn't got any of the problems that it had before. If it had problems, you know. Mm. Groovy. so you know it's like D&D it's, never it's, go it's away. almost as if, it's if impossible the to literally fill. implodes d will never go away right you know, no, no doubt
4: form. no doubt yeah yeah
2: okay uh, then we have a look for some more news Conan the Adventure RPG book released by mm. Modifius.
3: didn't they already released this Conan? is this like a, so a source book going. for the game uh, yeah. this
2: uh, so this is a guide to the land south of the Styx river
3: ah uh, okay so, so okay, so it's following, I so it's guess, good. bits where Conan's an adventurer as opposed to a king or something. I guess maybe? so. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah with so, a troubled so, brow. So this book uh, is oh, got yeah, yeah. it's got no steel trap references. <laughs> so we've got new archetypes like the adventurer, griot, 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 tomb guardian, and Witchfinder. Important hmm. characters, high and low. Stunning art and maps. A guide to the countries of uh, some countries. <laughs> Terrifying. some country. Some fantasy words. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifying.
4: Fantasy words with apostrophe.
2: Terrifying (laughs) beasts and monsters like giant scorpions, the pig devil, and stuff. Um, Myths and magic. And yeah, so it's just a a setting source book for Conan.
4: Oh, well, and I haven't seen this source book, but I hope Mm -hmm. that. That the the Modiphius is taking the approach that, like, even if you don't play the game, if you're into Conan, you want the lore, you know. Mm. So,
1: Mm.
4: like, uh, to take like your Judge Dredd's books and your world, worlds of 2000 AD, Mm. you know, you could never play the game. I'm not saying don't play the game, but. Like if you're just into the worlds of 2000 A.D., those source books are great. It so would like an
3: excellent coffee table book for yes, mm. persons exactly. of discerning taste. So Absolutely, it, yeah.
4: Like I've got a buddy; who, he'll buy uh, John Carter books, books yeah.
2: just whatever that's they are. Well, you also characters will buy that sort of stuff as well. Well, right, that's what I'm yeah. talking
4: about. Yeah. So I hope there's a lot of rich stuff in there beyond just you know <laughs> the stats.
2: Mm. So uh, right, I think we might be near the end of the news now. Wow. I do, I've got some braking wheel time use. Yay! <gasps> Alright, so this the Awkley cheerful engine got- just blasted <laughs> through, literally in the last no. couple of minutes, its final stretch goal. Yay!
0: Woo-hoo. Wait, yes. so stretch so
2: where are you at now with <laughs> well, so that? I'm tre- so confused! <laughs> the final stretch goal <laughs> yeah. was yes. accidental anthropomorphic animal heroes which is oh, kind yeah. of TMNT oh, uh, and Danger Mouse. Nice. and Excess, Nice. Which is the £35,000 stretch goal. And I'm looking at it now. It's at £35,581. So it's just blasted through there. And that is the last Woo. stretch goal because it ends today. Yes. Yay. So by the time you yes. hear this, it's too late. You can't get in on it. Sorry. Mm.
4: But, yeah, obviously, Shuffle <laughs> Engine's cool. I'm you're, looking you're, forward you're, to 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 seeing that product line grow. So,
2: Well, no, I,
3: I think it just means that you've missed your chance to get it Pre order, and if you're listening to this in the far film future, doubtless you'll be able to go to the Ian World store, uh, Ian Publishing store yeah. after everyone else has re- after all the backers have received. Yeah, but then you, then you have to the the buy day.
2: the stretch goals instead of getting them for free, you see. Ah, so, see, so, yeah. okay. buy the Kickstar- back, uh, back to Kickstarter, see, four, four oh. full issues, four full adventures bought free. Ooh, that is a lot of adventure, okay. you won't get those if you you'll didn't, be awfully get cheerful them if you back it. Yeah, yeah, why okay
3: you I, nice. I wish I had thought about about four weeks sooner. Eh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right? <Ray. laughs> all right. Okay, we're done. We're done.
1: It's time to play our favorite game. It's time to play the game, our favorite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name.
2: I think it is now time for us to play our favorite game in all the world, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just. The name.
1: Are you ready?
3: Yes. <laughs> do, do, do you remember this game, Shay? I do. He's
2: made it many times. I don't. I can't. I can't really recall how how well you're doing against each other.
4: I Peter is probably ahead. Probably, I'm sure.
2: Maybe. Who knows? Maybe.
4: Do, I, 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 I either I I either hit it dead on, or I go down in a, in a tragic <laughs> uh, pillar of flame. And which of those so, is better, uh,
3: and which is worse? I like going down in a tragic pool <laughs> of flame, so not like Batman then. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. there you
2: Okay, who would like to go first?
4: Darn it! I I always yeah, like you to go first. Uh, I like to bravely volunteer. The crab. Others, but the
2: crap scuttles uh, into the ring, Scuttles I, sideways, I the scuttle ring.
4: into the fray. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with my claws up.
2: Oh, okay, eh. okay. Can up. Whoop, whoop. Are Fine. you ready? I am. What is Weird Wastelands?
4: So Weird Wastelands is I'm gonna it I'm obviously getting a Mad Max vibe, but I'm also getting through the lens of uh, sort of bonkers, very strange uh I'm trying to think is weird, like weird like haha like cartoon. You know, like Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, oh. kind of oh. weird, or is how it just are you weird? How it is,
3: is the question. Yeah. Just, just yeah, a, how, yeah just did, normal, thank you, just, Peter. Just a normal way. Just a so not
4: W-Y-R-D. <laughs> um, weird. Wasteland. It's it, it's just, it's zany Mad Max. That's what I'm going to go with. Hmm. It's zany Mad Max. I'm, I think I'm going to be wrong. I think, I think I'm missing the weird thing, but I'm going to go with my first gut instinct. It's weird Mad Max... It's a role-playing game, not a supplement. But I'm not even going to go after. I have no idea what this system is. Hmm. That's my final answer.
2: But well, it is a supplement. It's for Ooh. D and D fifth edition. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, so this is from <laughs> <See>? <laughs> this is from Web DM, and yeah. uh, your fantasy world has fallen to weaponized magic. Ooh. Uh this tool is a toolbox which allows you to create a world in which magic escapes its chains mm. leaving nothing the same. So it's got a new 5e class, new subclasses, new rules um and it's all about chaotic magic kind of affecting a world or a setting.
3: Curses yeah. foiled again. <laughs> yeah. It it feels like a lot of people are recognizing that sort of gap yeah. in exploration and are just desperately trying to fill it.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, no points That's there. Fine. No points there, Shane. The crab. Oh. Well, at
3: least I didn't go
4: negative. I am disappointed that I didn't crash and burn harder, though. Oh. You just have to try
3: There's harder. Points, with the next second guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay. Everything's playful, Shane. Everything's playful. Okay, this one's for Peter. Uh-huh. This one is called The Wanderer's Guide to Merchants and Magic. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> oh come on
2: <laughs> I
3: mean it sounds like a supplement for say 5th edition which would have all sorts of NPC merchants and lots of magic items in sort of like a nice, uh, nice compendium sort of thing
2: yeah but there's a slight mm-hmm. other element to it as well which I think mm-hmm. makes it more useful than, it's, than that
4: random tables
2: Oh, I guess. What was the title again? So it is a magic (laughs) item economy. Oh, Mm. so how magic shops and magic item prices and trade rules Mm. and stuff would work in your game? So it gives prices to all the mm. magic items plus as you say it has a whole bunch it's got like a 100 new magic items as well so that is a big job mm. you're talking well, when there. you
4: say economy is it like oh if you sell three rings of protection into the local economy then it affects prices does it go that oh. deep or um don't uh,
2: i Probably don't say, i don't know is the answer to, to yeah.
3: that um that that would be interesting though like uh the more Plus, I mean, because, you know, it's like you get to a certain level, you're like, oh, great, another plus one shorts for you. I'll, right. I'll whack it on the pole, shall I? Mm. Right.
2: <laughs> I was reading yeah. this off the Kickstarter page for this one. It says, that do you know that per the official 5E rules, a single potion of flying is worth as much as at least five pairs of winged boots? Yes, really. With individual and more logical prices for every magic item in the 5E SRD and new mechanics for haggling and bartering, Merchants Um. and magic make shopping for magic items intuitive and seamless for both GMs and players.
4: I like the haggling Mm. and bartering thing Mm. because that can be fun sometimes at the table.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I I think think a lot of people don't have any actual real-life experience because it's kind of weird in most cultures to do that. But, you if you you get a
2: chance, it's quite good fun.
3: Well, haggling
4: and bartering. If you walk into Walmart and try to haggle, you're not...
2: Yeah, but you go to like a jumble jumble sale or a car booth so, yeah, or
3: something like uh, that. So, my, my experience of being behind the saw is you name a price and someone says, "Yeah, right." And, uh,
2: <laughs> well, that's that's handling. It's just very quick handling. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's preloaded <laughs> handling, speed bartering. So
3: by that definition, Walmart <laughs> also does speed bartering. Well, oh, yes, yeah. yes right. they oh, just, just, yes, they're just
2: very good at it. <laughs>
4: Yeah, <laughs> we've already done the haggling for you. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. Go. Peter, um, I'm ready yes, to point to keep you for that. I'm going to give you three points out of ten. So you basically what you said was correct, but it was basically <laughs> a, a, re, it was a restatement of the title. I didn't get,
1: didn't get the, the, the fundamental <laughs> what? I
3: mean, less than half points for a guess that was basically accurate and didn't get the final thing no, no it was accurate Wait for on. what you guessed it's but was, was more violence, yeah. it was
2: because it was so it's easy right. it it was to, it t- was so easy well, easy to get fine. the points you had to get the difficult well,
4: well you understand that this is absolutely scientific scoring yeah. system yeah I mean we
2: arguing with the scoring system you're arguing una, with una, the spreadsheet, una, una, the, spreadsheet. Yeah. the spreadsheet is going to get angry Be now beyond you know Be what happens when you offend the spreadsheet yeah yeah he's in a spreadsheet he's a spreadsheet Okay, so we are now back to Mister Shane stacks the crab,
4: Woo-hoo! the crab who settles for justice.
2: So, Shane, what is pink
0: cloud?
4: Okay, I have to. I'm going to pass this one to Peter, <laughs> if that's okay, because I got an email about this one from either the creator or a marketing person. Oh, Okay,
2: for oh, me. would you want to take it then, Peter uh, and then Shane yeah.
3: to do the next one? Okay. okay. Well, I, I, I'm clouds. I'm sort of hoping. It is a, um, off-brand knockoff of the Monkey Magic TV show, uh, where you've got, uh, Monkey, Sandy, Pixie, uh, Tripitaka and all the rest, like just chilling around in a sort of a bad seventies, um, or eighties TV show. And the pink cloud is what Monkey uses to go scooting around on.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Okay. No. So yeah. this is yeah. This one's hard. I
2: mean, because yeah. it's uh, I would have been yeah. amazed if he got this actually. So this, yeah, I'll be pretty lucky. Yeah. This <laughs> is a gameable version of the 12-step program,
3: as in Alcoholics Anonymous. What's right, yeah. I mean, that's not program. the only yes. 12-step uh,
2: program, but yeah. yeah, that is an example of one. Yeah. So it's set in a fantasy world. You're part of a fellowship of the Pink Cloud. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading this and trying to understand it as I, as I, I do it. Uh, you're invited to grab a recovery buddy and step into the new land, a new world of fascinating adventure. Huh.
4: Yeah. It's, uh, like the email I got on yeah. it is from Travis Henry, uh, from 12 huh. Fold Works Publishing. Hmm. Uh, the, it, and the, the subject was, uh, Pink Cloud, the world's first 12 step recovery role playing game. Uh, and it's 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 pretty interesting because in the email, it lists Ian World's spotlight. And Ian World said, hmm. this game promises an experience that I think will be unique for many, an RPG based around a gameable version of the 12-step program. So um, I, I think this is actually pretty smart because I keep hearing how therapy and, and different types of programs are using hmm. tabletop role-playing. So, to actually put an experience around a proven program, the 12-step recovery program has helped a lot of people mm. to put a role-playing experience around it, I think, is pretty smart. So, um Ooh. very interesting. Okay. If you guys would be interested, I don't know if you're – I could put you in touch with the creator if you all wanted to talk to him, but um, – I don't know if y'all, y'all would even have time before the Kickstarter ended. Yeah, we usually
2: booked up like a month in advance. It's too late for that now. Um, okay. So, uh, that leaves one to go. And this is for Shane then. So this one is called, are you ready? Yeah. What was Peter's score on the last one? Oh, sorry. Uh, Peter's score on the (laughs) last one. Well, I can't remember what he said now. What did he say? (laughs) He definitely didn't he say said, that, though. <laughs> he didn't say that, so I don't, I don't think he scored
3: anything. <laughs> hey, hey, look, I, I got the spirit of it because if you look at Journey to the West, it's all about someone who has a real oppositional defiance disorder and how yeah. they're constantly acting out and how they're helped with, to uh, recovery with the aid of uh, someone else. So, it may work. spiritually, I was
2: bang on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Wow, that was some mm. blagging mm. <laughs> there. This
3: is why so. I can't play narrative games. <laughs> <laughs> this reflexive blagging is
2: just it's just yeah. Alright, okay, so Shane, last one. This one's for you. Yes. This one is okay. called Campfire.
4: That's is there a colon? I don't is want it? the colon, <laughs> is obviously. Is it?
2: No, nope, there is no colon. It is a one word Kickstarter called campfire. But I will give you a clue, it's not for a campfire. You could probably read it by one, though. Viewers at
4: home can't see that I'm raising one eyebrow, so I'm getting serious. <laughs> I can't see that you're raising one eyebrow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm kind of squinting oddly. Oh, um, okay. Is that what you do with your face? Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> a campfire, to
4: me, evokes sitting around telling stories or ghost stories. Um. I, oh, yeah. Peter's wiggling those eyebrows really well. Um... I'm going to go with <laughs> it's 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 a narrative type game where it's like cooperative storytelling uh, uh, where you're given like a um, like a sentence or a plot hook and then you take turns expanding on the story or telling the story like you're sitting around a campfire and that's my final answer.
2: Try to pick a genre,
4: a genre. I'm going to go with ghost stories. Mm.
2: Good one. So. For horror. Anthology horror storytelling game. Ooh. Nice. Like, like Munchausen, but for
3: horror. Nice. Yeah.
2: So you get this yeah. cloth mat, and you get a whole bunch of Ooh. cards and coins, and this is cloth playmat as well, um, and you draw and interpret unique narrator cards to fuel your campfire. Oh. And yeah, it's a storytelling game, kind of like Fiasco or Anthology Horror, like Are You Afraid of the Dark or Creepshow.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's designed
2: for single sort of two-hour sessions, zero prep, with prep story decks. There's eight different decks of cards, ten um, custom metal coins you can flip, spend, and trade in the game. And yeah, so it's quite prop-heavy. Right.
3: Okay. So it sounds like you wouldn't actually be able to play it around the campfire.
2: as uh, long as you don't throw the cards into the campfire. I yeah, just the cards.
3: Don't get the cards But the cloth, the,
2: cloth, the cloth mat is a picture of a campfire, so.
3: Ah. So spiritually? You have a campfire. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you could like like have it on a little table and have like a little heater underneath or
2: something. Yeah, possibly, yeah. So yeah, uh, Shane, I think uh, you get mm, bang on ten out of ten there. Mm-hmm. Which means Perfect. you've won. You're the winner. Victory. Hey. you are the winner, the crab. The crab wins. Feetana time
4: i I'm clacking my uh claws of
2: justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done. Hey everybody, meet our new player, Dan. Hello.
3: Hi there, Dan. Welcome to the group.
2: By Sutton's Rings, I'm glad to be here.
3: Okay, let's get to it. I'll just drop you right in and we'll hand wave the character introductions just so we can get going.
2: Uh, With all haste.
3: You have your character, right?
2: In my very grasp. Followed the Die 20 rules to the T. Great.
3: So, picking up from last week you find yourselves in a large circular chamber in a dungeon. You're faced with two doors, both closed, apart from the door you entered the chamber from.
0: Great Scott!
3: Oh, is that the name of your character? It's bold.
0: No, no!
2: Just an exclamation my character will occasionally make.
3: Right. So, you know from the riddles you have deciphered that at some point you would encounter two doors, one leading to riches
2: and the other... To certain doom. I found emissaries of certain doom to be a superstitious, cowardly lot. We have nothing to fear, fellow heroes.
4: Uh, that may be, but why are you sort of pushing your chin out?
2: Glad you noticed. I'm implying sort of chiseled heroic chops.
3: Right. So, what would you like to do?
2: Uh, strike a pose with my hands on my hips. Uh,
3: okay...
4: Uh, Let's have our rogue take a listen at the doors.
2: There's no need, citizen. I mean, fellow hero. I shall peer at both doors and see what lays beyond them.
4: Is this some new playtest warrior ability or something? Not that I know of.
2: Ah, no, no. I'm not playing a warrior. Just let me roll this dice, and then our illustrious narrator can tell me what I see. In this system, I'm called a GM. Yes, yes. Whatever helps you immerse. Ah, Meanwhile... What do I see? I'm not actually sure why you should be able to see, all. Because of my piercing perception power, of course. Look, it's right here on my sheet. Power? Uh, let me, let me see your character sheet. Of course. I'm quite proud of this build, actually. Uh-huh.
3: Wait, Mega Mighty Man? This is a Vigilante Champion's character sheet. Great, Scott. We're playing Barrows and Bear Owls. I told you that, didn't I? That we're in the middle of a huge mega-dungeon, etc, etc?
2: Well, yes, but ever since Warlocks of the Shore moved everything to the Die 20 system, I have been itching to take advantage of all the cross-system compatibility it brings to the newest versions of their games.
3: I don't think that they meant for you to take that literally?
2: It's not. But the rulebooks for both games mention it right on the cover. See, with the Die 20 system powering our games, you can forget learning all new rules every time and just play. Holy rules,
4: lawyers, GM.
2: Have you ever set a table rule that someone specifically... can't Bring a non-Bow's and Bear Owl's Die 20 character into the game? I mean, it's fully compatible with the system.
1: Well,
3: no, not... not as such.
2: <laughs> well, there you go then. Let's give it the one-two punch and see what happens, eh?
3: Hmm, well, I suppose we could trust on a probationary basis.
2: A rousing victory for the Die-20 system, my friend.
3: So, uh, no need
4: for the rogue, then?
2: Mighty Mega Man gazes thoughtfully into the distance. Well, we're
4: actually in a fairly enclosed space in a, in a dungeon deep underground.
2: And boldly flings the door on the right open. The forces of evil don't delay for the heroes, and neither shall we.
3: Wait, wait. wait. Ah, that was the wrong door. A fierce Balrog teleports into the room, immediately killing, ah, let's see, fingers free to the rogue and Father Lon the Cleric. That just leaves Mega Mighty Man
2: and So the Wizard.
3: Well, at least I'm still alive. Hey, what's your
4: armor class anyway?
2: I don't have one. But I do have a magnificent set of tights and a sweet cape. And check out this symbol on my chest.
4: Um, okay. Anything else I should know?
2: Did I mention I am pretty invulnerable to everything except magic?
4: Great, Scott.
2: Hello, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh,
3: is it uh, patreon.com slash... Morris
1: Yes
2: US. At patreon.com forward slash Morris You can find our Patreon Which is what pays for our podcast And buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones And yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces And wires, so many wires And all these wires and we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment And yes. those backers get We cherish you all Yes, we do cherish them very much And those yes. backers get bonus content every single week just as a thank you for uh, for backing our patreon
3: and because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark they also get to like talk to us in our discord channel which is pretty good mm. and we we'll sometimes even deign to answer that uh, but even more importantly when we have guests coming onto the show they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests mm. um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we our guests will answer
2: So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes and support us even with just a dollar a month. Every little bit helps. We are here. To talk all about superhero RPGs, of which, when I looked online on Wikipedia to see how many superhero RPGs there have been, and I was thinking, "Ah, oh, there's probably about a dozen." I found <laughs> that there is about twenty billion superhero RPGs <laughs> there. Are. There is a lot, Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, we are definitely not going to get to talk about all of them. So we'll talk about some superhero RPGs. Oh, or right. maybe we
3: could like take a like, you know, give us gives the broad picture, Shane. How how do Are there subtypes of superhero games?
4: There are. Uh, We we can get into that. Uh, Well, what I found. Okay, so I've I've always been a superhero gamer. Um, In fact, you know I've I've shared before on my podcast and probably others that I got into *Village of Vigilantes* before I ever owned D and D, not played D and D or whatever. But *Village of Vigilantes* was the first RPG that just sucked me in, and I got you know crazy about because comic books or another big love of mine. So what, one of the things that's been interesting to me, uh, I talked with Russ a few months back. We had talked about maybe doing this. And so I started doing some research and mm-hmm. I've been stunned to find out how deep the rabbit hole goes. It goes mm-hmm. I mean, it goes a lot deeper than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out, if you don't mind, to the Me and Steve Talk RPGs podcast. And the reason that I want to give them a shout out is because uh, they they heard about my uh, interest in superhero RPGs. They wanted to do a show on it, and they invited me on. And so my my discussion there has helped uh, open my eyes to how deep it goes, and helped refine my approach to this subject. So, and they also did a, a Mutants and Masterminds actual play podcast that was GM'd by Alex Thomas, who is with Green Ronin Publishing and is on the Mutants and Masterminds staff. Mm. He did an adventure where we were dealing with multiple parallel realities of MODOK. So you had a musical MODOK, you had a heroic MODOK, um, things like that. So that was a lot of fun. just want to give them a quick shout out on that. Uh, but what where, where I want to lead with this, and then we can get into the different games and, and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Superhero RPGs have been around almost since the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the 70s, we had superhero RPGs. But there's such a, and, and, and comic books are so popular, comic book movies are so popular, comic book TV shows are so popular, but superhero role-playing is a tiny, 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 not even a wedge. It's barely even a sliver of the overall hobby, which fascinates me because superheroes in general are so popular. And you would think that You know uh, the RPGs and the the superhero would go together Mm. and grow. Well, when it
2: it comes to popularity of genres on in games and on TV and stuff, I always find it it seems like it's reversed. Mm, So the most popular genre of RPGs, obviously, fantasy. Oh, but yeah, and then science fiction is is not so popular, and Mm. superheroes are even less popular, but. Mm. In on, in movies, you can flip that up the other way around. Mm. Like superheroes are the most popular. Mm. Science fiction's next, and then yeah, fantasy. Yeah. Even though there have been big successes like Lord of the Rings, that oh, was okay. like twenty years ago, or Game of Thrones, yeah. mm, are yeah. still not that common. Oh, absolutely. that's true.
4: That is interesting. I, you know, um, I wonder if that, you know, correlation is not uh, causality right. or whatever, and all that stuff. But I, that would be interesting to see if there's um, any
3: I, actual I, correlation there. I mean, it's pretty easy to do like in terms of actual physical doing it, the actual physical implementation of it to do a superhero, because basically you need a person, whatever their power is, and a modern day set. And those are really easy to come by. Yeah. Whereas like sort of fake industrial and grotty dystopian sci-fi, yeah, yeah, just like find some place in the Rust Belt or something, bish bash, you've got a movie set all ready to go. Whereas fantasy, that's much harder because you need to you need to actually remove all of the 20th and 21st century from what you're looking at. Mm. You, can't, right. you don't have the same potential for sort of pseudo anachronism. So it's yeah. actually
4: a really good point, point. Um, yeah. and that that stuff comes into to play. You know, whenever yeah. they're budgeting that out, for sure. Uh, yeah. So I took uh, before we kind of break down some of the more popular superhero PGs and the types of um, g- types of genres and that I di- I did took a, take a look at the Or Group industry report. Uh, oh. That's from the first quarter of 2021. Mm-hmm. The Or Group, of course, is Roll Twenty. So, uh, this is, re- f- you know, you can't say this represents the entire hobby because they're right. only talking about what's being played on Roll20, but I think it's a pretty good representation yeah. of what people are playing. Is this good, is uh, a good, uh, it's as
2: like, like, yeah, yeah. good a survey sample, as that it? Right. That's,
4: that's, that's, that's what we get, thought. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: Right. So, Supers games mm. fall into the other games category, mm, yes. which makes up 11.57% of all campaigns on Roll20. Yeah. About 1 in 10, yeah. So out of that, out mm. of all of the superhero games that are out there, only mm. four mm. even show up in the other games. Mutants and Masterminds from Green Ronin is- well, I assume
2: is that's the probably bi- the biggest one, is
4: it?
3: That is the biggest yeah. one mm. at at 0.24%. Wow. So 0.24% of the total games. So that's yes. That's less than 1%. Right. That's like, oof, 1 in 5,000, yeah. it feels like. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know to how to break this. Apologies yeah. listeners who can do maths. <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. And, but now, interestingly, recently from Q1 of mm. 2021 compared to Q4 of 2020 on the org Group, Mutants mm-hmm. and Masterminds has had 8.37% growth. So Mutants okay. and Masterminds, is, even though it's only at 0.24%, has grown relatively mm. by 8%. That's a pretty big growth so i'm not sure i'm not sure i know they they recently hired alex thomas onto Mm. the mutants and masterminds team but he's been doing mutants and masterminds dev work for a long time but i'm not sure what accounts for that bump do we Um, know
3: roughly how many games there are played on rule 20 did they say i'm sure that number is out there somewhere but i don't know it's just so we could put it
2: into context like yeah yeah, so you got
4: actually how many are actually being played yeah Yeah. i think they used Um,
2: to tell you that and they don't anymore
4: and then the next one, all the next three are all at 0.02%, mm-hmm. but I'll list them as they're listed. Uh, Marvel Heroic Roleplaying, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. which is not the TSR Marvel. That no. is a Marvel Heroic no. is like the third in the line mm-hmm. or whatever. Hero Games, which is Champions. Mm-hmm. And then this one's interesting to me, Sentinel Comics, the role-playing game. Now, Ooh. what's interesting about this one is Sentinel Comics is a card game uh, that is based on a fictional superhero universe. Oh, It's very yes. fun. Yes. Yeah, it, I, I think I played this one, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah so
4: the it, lore behind it is great. The flavor text on every card is great. It it yes. feels like you're playing in a yeah. comics universe that's just as rich as Marvel or DC, but it's completely fabricated. Yeah, what what was it called? I can't well, remember Well, that Sentinel... Uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse. I think Sentinels is the, the name of the card yes. game.
3: I, in fact, yes, I have a copy myself, and I've definitely yeah. enjoyed it every time I played it. Yeah, it's a great.
4: I've got this. I bought the electronic copy on Steam, and it was mm. a lot of fun. So, oh, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh,
4: but they converted recently into a role-playing mm. game, mm. Uh, and one of the reasons maybe they're kind of placing mm. is I think the Kickstarter ended not that long ago, so maybe that's brought mm. some interest into it. But those are the only four games that even place. Uh, and the highest that any of the biggest current name, uh, uh, Mutants and Masterminds, Mastermind is only at 0.24% and everything else is 0.02%. Uh, 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 and then I checked Fantasy Grounds and they had no results. The, the most recent report was from a Q4 2020, fourth mm-hmm. quarter 2020, and they had nothing for superhero games. Uh, so uh, what, what I found is it's uh, the superhero gaming genre in RPGs, is small but passionate mm. you know there are people who love it very much but it never seems to grow beyond a certain growth you know it, it, it mm. doesn't seem to get a bigger footprint yeah you know it's and it, it's, I- again yeah it's been around since almost
3: since the beginning i mean the problem is is like getting a system that will handle having incredible hulk and hawkeye in the same party right in a satisfactory fashion Th- because, that that is a
4: uh, huge challenge, mm, and it's uh, been something that they've struggled with from the beginning. Oh,
3: absolutely, uh, yeah. I and mean, actually, things, you can do it in fate, absolutely.
4: Right? Yeah, because yeah. you're more narrative, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to get number crunchy, how do you how do you mm-hmm. have? Uh, and the classic example usually given is how do you have mm-hmm. Superman and Batman in the same encounter, exactly, and both yeah. be able to contribute. Mm-hmm. Which, in my opinion. In the 80s a couple of mm. games solved that pretty well. Mm. But it's it's always a challenge when you get into superheroes because it's such a wide spectrum of power levels. And then superhero games have multiple genres. You've got fantasy mm. types of heroes mm. or villains and you have science fiction and then you you know you have all this crazy stuff going on. Yeah. So here in a second I'll get to what was the very first published superhero game ever which was in 1977 mm. so only 3 years after OD&D uh, was published so you know superheroes mm. joined the the fray fairly quickly but I thought it would be interesting interesting to take a quick look mm. at at the history of Marvel RPGs since we just had the announcement mm. uh,
2: before we before we do that I think what it might be um interesting to see what each what super gamer games each of us has actually played because my my, my history of superhero games is quite limited, i got to mm-hmm. admit. I don't know what Peter's is. I know yours is probably more than both of us put together, yeah. Shane. But um, yeah. I, I played um, Golden Heroes, which was... Um, was it Games Workshop? I can't remember who made that. It was a British one, and it was back in the early 80s, I think it was published. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I played DC Heroes, which yep. uh, was mm-hmm. in the 80s. So, that, you know, I... I only played it like seven or eight years ago. but So I played mm-hmm. DC Heroes and Mutes and Masterminds. And I think that's the three I've played.
4: Is that the extent? Mm, yeah. How about you, Peter?
3: Well, um, my uh, it, it depends on how you're going to count them. Because a strict superhero game, the only one I've played is Masks the Powered by the Apocalypse mm. sort of like Teen Titans yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. which was uh, probably my also my first experience with Powered by the Apocalypse. So that was a very strange experience indeed. I, now, we, we, so we, you're we talking weren't.
4: about masks. Is that masks to new generations? It's kind of teen angsty kind of superheroes? Very okay. much
3: so. Yeah. Uh, okay. It was sold to me as a four-color sort of thing, and it's like it was not what I was expecting. So, yeah, right. it, was, it was interesting, and fun was had, but it was different. Uh I suppose the other thing where I have played a superpowered character would be D. I and so D
2: is superheroes, I guess, isn't it?
3: Well I mean if you look at it in a certain light yeah. it's like you are getting more and more powerful and becoming really That's quite true. special. So yeah.
1: Yeah,
4: if you're if you once you get to like level ten and above <laughs> or you know, you're you're basically no. running around with superpowers. Uh, so it's it's really sure. about the genre, not yes. the power level, right? When Almost we say yeah. superhero or co- er, mm. pardon me, when we say supers gaming. Uh, yes, um yeah. and, and that's another thing I've found. Most people don't say superhero RPGs like I do. They say supers gaming. Right. Yes. So And City um, of so, Mists.
3: Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. That is the other game. City I've of Mists. Okay, nice. Yeah. I With don't Mythos even have that maps. one on my list. Oh, that's that's
2: already that so, See
4: good. Uh, the more I research this, and I have a pretty extensive yeah. City of Mists
3: mess,
2: So, what, 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 what have you played,
4: Shane? I have played, of course, villains and vigilantes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I have played uh, Marvel superheroes,
1: mm-hmm.
4: I've played DC heroes, I've played Mutants and Masterminds, I've played Victorious, I've played Bash. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some of the ones I can think mm-hmm. of just right off the top of, top of my head. But I
2: probably huh? have you got a favorite? Which one? Which one do you enjoy the most out of all those?
4: Village Vigilantes just for the nostalgia value, all right? Okay. Yeah. And I'm and and Jeff D and Jack Herman and most people know Jeff D mm-hmm. uh, from he was an artist for TSR and he's he's done a lot of gaming. He he, uh, he he co-created Village Vigilantes with Jack Herman when they were like seventeen or something. They were still in high school. Mm. Uh, and, and and I play it now. They've come out with a third edition of Villains of Vigilantes called Mighty Protectors two or three years ago. And and so I still play Villains of Vigilantes. I play it on we have a disc the Shane Plays Discord server. Mm. Anyone could drop me a line at Shane at shameplays.com or ShamePlays on Twitter. I'll drop you an invite and we play Villains of Vigilantes on my Discord server. We use Discord to coordinate it, but we play on Roll 20. Yeah. And then I also I'm, I'm gonna play by email uh Villains of Vigilantes game. Mm. So that's scratching most of my Ongoing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But that's off the top of my head. Those are the ones that, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm sure I've played more, but those are the ones off the top of my head. Actually,
2: published a you. superhero game about, I want to say like 15, 16 years ago. It was called Four yeah. Color to Fantasy, Ooh. and it was that's by my Ryan list. Nock. And it was it was ostensibly a D20 system game, but yeah. like Moodle's and Masterminds, you had to hack the D20 system so yeah. much to make it work for Supers that uh-huh. it wasn't really, I suppose, in the end, other than it used the used D20 dice. But, um, it actually used So
4: yeah. what was the name of it again? This is going on my Four list. More Color to Fantasy. Every time this topic comes up, yeah. the rabbit hole Goes deeper, <laughs> yeah. Which just shows you that, like, it's a beloved genre. It's just not, mm. you know, it's it's not yes. a wide, widely played genre, but it's a beloved yeah, genre. Yeah.
3: I do have a copy of a book, a superhero book, that I fully intended to run at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I never actually got round to. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a look and see if it's on your list.
2: I think my favourite right. has to be DC Heroes, just because of that game, um, just um, because because of that ability chart where each number doubles. Mm.
4: Well, right. The exponential system—you—you you actually touched on it last week, and that was, in my opinion, a very innovative way to approach. How do you have Superman and Batman, yeah. or the Hulk so you, and Hawkeye I'm, I'm, yeah, in the same?
2: I'm a massive fact. Kind of sort of yeah. clever. This is the first time someone did it. Dice mechanics, which is why I yeah. like that Ghostbusters RPG, because it's the first dice pool system. Right. DC Heroes is in that bucket for me too. That right. exponential system—I just look at it and think that is so clever. I could never come the up AP... with that. I'd never think of yeah. that. But.
4: <laughs> the ability point system, the AP system—it uh, was this. The system was called Megs. I think Mayfair something something gaming system. Mm. Uh, Megs and uh, DC Heroes was the first to use it. And so, like, if Batman had a strength of three mm. and Superman had a strength of twenty. Uh, Superman was way stronger because it it exponentially doubles. Yeah, it's not like right, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But they're on the same chart. They're both rolling on the same chart, mm-hmm. which was you know I think a very it's kind
2: of it's kind of interesting in and it kind of kind of disguises the strength differential, the ability differential, in that you're Mm -hmm. on the same chart and you've you've got reasonable chances of beating each other and the difference is more narrative. So you're saying Mm -hmm. yes, Superman is three hundred times as strong as Batman, but realistically when you're actually rolling the dice, he doesn't have three hundred times more chance of doing something then True. So yeah, it it kind of of, of fudges it in a way, but it works it really works. Yeah.
4: Well, I think one of one of you two mentioned last week that that game taught them what exponential was. And that game taught me what exponential was. That introduced me to the concept mm. of mm. exponential increases. So, uh but yeah, DC's DC's a big one on my list. I would I you know, this list just goes on and on, but mm. just for the uh limits of time, there's only so much we can talk about. Mm. And a caveat I like to throw out is there's no way we can cover everything. Mm-hmm. No. So somebody okay. listening to this, more than likely their favorite superhero RPG is not going to be mentioned and it's not on purpose. I'm not trying to slight anybody. It is by the yeah. way, on
2: purpose. He's trying to it's slight It's totally on purpose. You send listener, your hate mail say, to... You, listener, it's you specifically he's trying to slight. Yeah. So. Send,
4: send your hate mail to M-O-R-R-U-S.
1: So
3: you you got like different different ages of comics, as I understand it, like a golden age and a silver age and so forth. And the superhero games created around those times, I guess, will reflect those. But yep. for you, what are like the main ages of comics and what would be the best exemplar of each level of play? If, if that makes sense. Like if I wanted to play the golden age, which game would you say, ah, dear, this was what you out. If I wanted to play in a more modern gritty style, which one would be best for me then?
4: I think that uh, if you wanted to play in... Um like the Golden Age, mm-hmm. I would probably play Village Vigilantes or I would play Champions and find a source book that... Because mm-hmm. they have source books for the Golden Age stuff. Now, there's mm-hmm. going to be games like, you know, Russ mentioned, I think, Golden Heroes or whatever. There, there's games out there that are set in oh. a specific time period for yeah. comics. Uh, but based on personal experience with gaming, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact... Villains and Vigilantes just released a source put for World War II era nice. uh, superheroes and villains, which is basically the Golden Age. So you got Golden Age, Silver Age, uh, Bronze Age, uh-huh. Modern Age. Um, you know, there's there's different. What is, what's Bronze Age? Uh, I know what
2: Golden Silver Age are.
4: Uh-huh. Bronze Age is kind of late seventies, mid eighties uh-huh. kind uh-huh. of thing. All right. Yeah, this thing called the Bronze Age, and then you got into what's called the Modern Age. Mm -hmm. And there's all these different – everyone has different terms or whatever. Once you get into the Modern Age, some people subdivide it even more. Mm -hmm. But almost everybody agrees on Golden Age, Silver Age, um, Bronze Age. Mm -hmm. And then once you get into Modern Age, there's a lot more disagreement on what age we're in. Some people call it the Mylar Age – because everybody started, you know, bagging their comics, you know, in the eighties. So, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, for a for a gritty mutants of masterminds, village vigilantes, champions, DC heroes, Marvel, mm. you can hack them or play them grim, but they're not mm. really intended to be grim. They're they're more supposed to reflect that eighties mm. sort of or nineties big bombastic heroes mm. don't mm. kill. It's four color, Biff, Ban, Pow kind of thing there's a couple i could recommend and there's more than this out there okay but you've got aberrant which is from mm. white wolf
3: yeah, and th- I yeah dice pool sort of jazz yeah
4: right and mm. that was that's sort of the white wolf take on superheroes so you mm-hmm. could probably get a little gritty there mm-hmm. uh Gurps, I, you might want to do Gurps really? supers because you can right. you can do um you know any anything you want in Gurps and Gurps combat can get very dangerous, very right. deadly, very quick. Uh, you know, I heard a little bit of discussion last week on your on your podcast last week and I would agree that once you set down to play Gurps, it's just you're rolling mm-hmm. 3d6. But mm-hmm. Gurps can get complicated on the preloading. It's an erector set. Yes, but yes. once you build everything, it runs yeah. smooth as silk. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And there's a lot of source books out there, but GURPS mm. is a wonderful system if somebody's prepared to put the time in. But once mm. you all sit down, you're just rolling three d six. I wanna uh, I wanna look at Marvel real quick, just because with with the announcement last mm. week of the Marvel Multiverse role playing game, mm. this is a timely game to kind of illustrate the diversity in various products okay. within yeah. Super Supers Gaming. Okay. So, of course, you had Marvel superheroes back in 1984. Uh, yeah. And for me, I was 12 years old. I was heavy into comic books, and I was heavy into role-playing mm-hmm. games. So, this was perfect. I was mm-hmm. like, no! Nah! It was like it came down from the sky with <laughs> light shining on it, right? Um, and Marvel superheroes is notable for a couple of things. One, it was designed by Jeff Grubb and I think oh. Steve Winter... But Jeff Grubb was definitely involved, and they purposefully made a game that a 10, 11, or 12-year-old could pick up and immediately start playing. Mm. So, like, a lot of 10, 11, and 12-year-olds were playing uh, D&D, but it was harder to figure out, right? You had to, how does this stuff work? And, oh, I don't even know how that works, so I'm just going to fudge it. Marvel Super Heroes, right out of the box, was super accessible, super easy, uh, and you could just start playing and 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 knock each other out so it uses it i don't know if it was the first game to do this but it was one of the first to abstract things so instead of having a strength of 10 you had like a uh a strength of incredible or or a pitiful strength or an amazing strength Mm -hmm. Uh, and your endurance was the same thing uh you know and it's called the phase rip some people say phaser rip i say phase rip uh-huh. And it stands for Fighting, Agility, Strength, Endurance, Intelligence, Psyche. I can't remember what, Rea- I think R is Reaction, uh-huh. like your dexterity kind of. Uh, and, and and so you had all these stats, and they had a name assigned to them. Uh-huh. They didn't have a number, even though under the hood there was a number, but you just had a name. And so that made it even more accessible. And then you, you've probably seen uh, the universal table, from phase rip the marvel games that it's like green yellow and red mm-hmm. so you would be like okay i have a my fighting is incredible and i okay. want to try to hit you know so and so and that's that's a amazing difficulty so you would match those up and then you would you would see the number that you needed mm-hmm. to roll on a on d100 to beat and then you also had very you had levels of success so right. if you rolled um in the yellow or well enough to land in the yellow or red, then your success was even better. It was kind of like reflecting. So was that the first Marvel
2: RPG then? Mm -hmm. That was the first
4: Marvel RPG. Mm -hmm. And then they came out with the advanced game in 1986 that made things, it it brought more complexity. So like your fighting was, it was still amazing, but you might have a number between 50 and 75 and that was in the amazing range. So they added a little bit more granularity. Mm -hmm. They added more combat options that sort of thing. The point was, they made it purposefully so anybody could just jump in and start playing. Um, and it is very friendly, very accessible. And interestingly enough, I was just at uh, North Texas RPG Con, mm-hmm. and there's a guy there that does a, a fan game called Phase Rip Tactics, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like Hero Clicks, but the combat system uses the Phase Rip system and the... Uh, and the universal table. So it's a tabletop war gaming with Marvel characters. So the phase rip lives on. Uh, The Marvel stuff has, has fans. Uh, The next game came from also from TSR for Marvel, the Marvel superheroes adventure game that came out in 1998, only lasted to 2000. And that used the saga system, which I don't have any personal experience with. You had the Mm -hmm. fate deck and and other things Mm -hmm. like that. So, uh, TSR had this saga system. I think there was a Dragon yeah, that's, for that's a while. Yeah, that's how it was it initially
2: launched. I think wasn't it? With Dragon right. Lance. So,
4: but I don't. I don't have any experience with it. Uh, then you had Marvel Heroic or Heroic role playing from Margaret Weiss Productions. Yeah, that was the Cortex. That one, was in 2012. It? Yeah, and it used Cortex Prime. Um, that was again designed to be fast playing and easy to use, very flexible, etc. And then now we have. The Marvel multiverse role-playing game, which uh, you both covered last week, um, which, you know, we'll get a playtest book in 2022. Hopefully the releases in 2023. They're kind of hearkening back and winking at the phase Mm -hmm. rip system because, as you mentioned, the abilities spell out Marvel. So instead of spelling out Phase Rip, they spell mm. out mar- and I don't know if Phase Rip was on purpose or not, but sure. that's what. It well, ended Phase up Rip is a word
2: though, whereas Marvel is. Marvel yeah. is right. Yes, yeah, to so, so remember, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, mar- might, agility, resilience, vigilance, ego, and mm. logic. Uh, wow. Here's a here's a minor tidbit. Oh. Okay, they're calling it the D six sixteen system,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and um, the six sixteen is the is the designation of the Marvel universe. If you read Marvel <laughs> comics. In the multiverse, the core Marvel universe is 616. Mm. Uh The person that assigned that number to Marvel's universe is Alan Moore. He did Uh, it and Marvel ran with it. Marvel, Alan Moore is a known uh, sorcerer numerologist. He'll tell you this himself. He's big into that. Yeah, yeah. The Wizard of Northampton. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's Uh big into like... uh, All that kind of thing, numerology, significance of numbers. And I'm not saying he did this on purpose, but I think Mm. he kind of played a joke on Marvel. 616, Mm. when you go to the oldest known copy of the Book of Revelation, 616 Mm. was the number of the beast, not
1: 616. Oh, dear. (laughs) So, I don't know
4: if Alan is playing a joke on Marvel, but Alan Moore- Alan Moore would know that, mm-hmm. okay, and he's pretty upset with how DC and Marvel have treated him over the years. Right, so right. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, I'm speculating. Okay, anybody? Well, I think I've already thrown this out, but let's see if you remember what year was the first superhero RPG published? Seventy-seven.
2: Seventy-seven. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
4: Yes, and it was called Superhero Twenty Forty Four, and interestingly enough. Uh, it's recognized as the very first published superhero RPG, but it was set in the future. So, instead of setting it in, like, New York City in the 70s mm. with superheroes and everything, they set it sort of in a grim future, uh, but you still have, like, sort of superpowers. I don't know a lot about Superhero 2044. I haven't played it personally. The reputation it has is it's... I, I don't know if they thought the design was not good or whatever... But it's acknowledged this is the first superhero RPG, so it gets credit for that. Mm. But the word on the street is that it's kind of not a great game. But that's anecdotal. I haven't played it myself. So your mileage may vary. Next game to release, we've already talked about this, uh, 1979 was Villains of Vigilantes from Fantasy Games Unlimited. Now it's Monkey House Games with uh, Jeff D. and Jack Herman. It's the first game that captured the genre of superheroes as we think of it, right? Bright colored, we're in like New York City or whatever, and it'd be like reading a DC or a Marvel comic from the late 70s. Yeah, yeah. After that is probably the the 800-pound gorilla of superhero games, and that's Champions, that uses the hero system. Mm -hmm. It came out in 1981. It's never gone out of publication. Villains Mm -hmm. Vigilantes can't. Uh, claim and that. It's that's the very complex one as far,
2: isn't
4: it? It's very complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it uses a point build system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like any complex game. You can do yeah. anything you want in it. The rules will simulate anything you want, but there's mm-hmm. complexity. Mm-hmm. And different mm-hmm. versions have had varying levels of complexity, mm-hmm. and they're currently on 6th edition. So yeah. Champions, if if you talk to most people about supers RPGs, more than more than likely, they play champions mm. if they're diehard supers.
2: Right.
4: Um, so champions is the big one. You know, All it's right. the. So here's the question: What gorilla. was the
2: first DC? Because we went through the Marvel once. what was the first DC? DC and heroes. DC heroes. DC heroes. And the latest. And they have having... And the latest DC uh, game the is latest, that Batman one that he announced last year. So it's coming out yeah. soon. And yeah, it's a Batman RPG. Not,
4: yeah, there's a Batman RPG that's not. It's it's not a full on dc universe rpg but there is a batman rpg coming there haven't been a lot of dc licensed uh rpgs yet dc heroes which we talked about you know already it 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 featured that um the meg system no that's it the mayfair exponential game system that's what meg stands for uh logarithmic scale for character attributes so that came out in 1985 uh had a second edition in 89, had a third edition in 1993, uh-huh. and then later there's a game called Blood of Heroes, and this is, I think, kind of gritty as well. So if you wanted to get into gritty, uh-huh. Peter, Pulsar Games licensed Megs from Mayfair and put out a superhero game, but it doesn't have any of the DC IP, none of the heroes or any of that, but yeah. it, it uses the same system. Um, and here's here's kind of an interesting thing. Ray Wininger, we were talking about earlier, who's pretty high up with Wizards of the Coast now, was a co-designer on the original DC heroes. Oh, I
2: did not know right.
4: that. Yep, yeah. Ray Wininger, when you look him up, as has had a pretty pretty strong RPG. career, yeah, in RPGs, yeah. yeah. So he was a co-designer, and he also uh, they put out a Watchmen source book. Oh, <laughs> that uh, he worked with Alan Moore on, and it had, yeah. it's it's such a rich source book that. It, it had a lot of secrets of Watchmen in it, that that's the only way to find that stuff mm-hmm. was in the source book. You know, like, who who killed Hood of Justice, it tells yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, Okay, then you had GURPS, Supers. That's, okay. you know, that's, uh, you have had 1989, 1990, 2007. You know, they've supported that pretty hard. Mm-hmm. You've had Aberrant. Uh, I'm going to mention just some other. Uh, Mutants and Masterminds. We can't not mention Mutants and Masterminds. I have to mention them just because you've got Champions which is supported today. Yes. But if if somebody wanted today to get into superhero gaming, mm-hmm. I would probably recommend Mutants and Masterminds. Okay. Well. It's D20 based. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's 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 a D20 game. Mm-hmm. I personally played it. It plays very well. The combat I was afraid we went into a fight that had all kinds of henchmen. Mm. I said, "Well, we're going to be here for five hours," and mm. the combat resolved very quickly,
0: mm. like nice. a superhero and it's game very should. Well supported as well. mm. Yeah, it's
4: incredibly well supported. So, okay. uh, I'm not saying that the like mutants and Masterminds is better than champions, just, no. but for what Russ mentioned, mm. the the popularity, your chances of finding a player. Mm and support from the company are probably highest with Mutants mm. and Masterminds right now. Oh, okay. uh, so I would probably recommend Mutants and Masterminds. Uh, and And having personally played it, uh, I, think it I think it's a good yeah. system. It's also, it's also so,
2: generic as well, as opposed to being like Marvel-branded, right. or DC-branded or something. Yeah.
4: And I know we need to wrap up here. Uh, I'll mention like one, maybe two others, just for uh, if people are looking for something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Victorious. From mm-hmm. Troll Lord Games. Uh, it's designed by Mike Stewart. Um I've actually met Mike and Elizabeth. They're very sweet people. Oh. But it is super it's superheroics in the Victorian age. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the oh, conceit okay. it yeah, the conceit is so it's, it's kind a, of it's a TV but it's show just at the moment,
2: isn't it? It's
4: in fact I was just talking to Mike and Elizabeth recently at a convention mm-hmm. and this the never show it, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. They're
4: like they're like we haven't even watched it but everything we've heard about it right. it's basically Victorious. Yeah. So mm. if you want to play that kind of thing then you might want to check out Victorious. The conceit is mm. is that some he modern heroes went back in time. Mm. Uh and kind of kicked off a superheroic age right, right. in the Victorian age. Uh, and and any fictional character is in there. You yeah, know, Sherlock Holmes is running around. The Invisible Dracula, Man's the running around. Man. Yeah, 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 all of that. Yeah, you can have a Martian heat ray, uh, uh-huh. but it's very through the lens of the Victorian mm-hmm. age. So mm-hmm. I recommend that. There's so many more games we could go over, but yeah. we're we're out of time. One last Absolutely. one I'm going to mention: Heroes of the Cipher System by Monty Cook Games. Nice. That one has just come out, and that mm. one also lets you play like a first responder.
3: And stuff Ah, like that. Yes, that's right. mm, Uh, EMTs and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah.
4: Right. There's so Mm. many more that we can't cover, but you know, if you want to play a supers RPG, they're out there. Mm. You know, uh, there's a ton of games out there, uh, and and I personally love it. So I hope people try it out. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder.
2: I I wonder if with because the new Marvel game instead of being licensed out is going to be produced in house by Marvel. I wonder. My guess. Yeah. I wonder if that push will make it more popular.
3: I suspect we'll see a lot of streams mm. and painful streaming because yeah, I mean, they've put, got the budget. Mm.
4: They'll put marketing behind it. If they can get any of the actors in the MCU to help promote it, yeah. uh, then I think that they'll at least, you know, get people checking mm. it out at least once. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, I would love to see more supers gaming, and the MCU and everything is so popular right now that this is a great time to
2: try to get more people interested. Okay. Well, we do yeah. we do have to wind up and go because we are out of okay. time. I just want to say one yep. last, very super quick thing. Would yep. you say that supers? Because in my experience, and I'm not saying my experience is is the experience, but is supers more geared towards sort of one shots and short campaigns than long campaigns? Would you think?
4: Mm. I think that you're going to get more people. Interested in playing, if you offer it as a one-shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Now, if you think about it, comic book type role-playing lends itself
3: to... So episodic um, play. The,
4: yeah, episodic, but mm. sort of an overarching campaign. Yeah. The way we do Villains and Vigilantes is West March's style. Mm-hmm. So every every adventure is a, a self-contained issue.
3: Yeah. And then right, exactly. Bring, bring in uh, different team-ups. Uh, very right. much like the comic books, uh, depending upon right the populated world that the GM has identified, that sort of thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, that sounds yeah. Amazing. So we yeah. do it. We,
4: yeah, it takes the pressure off making everyone yeah. you know and and that sort of thing. Uh, having said that, you know, with like all the so- soap opera type subplots that are in comic books, some of that stuff can only play out really well in a you know, like who is the hobgoblin mm. kind of thing yeah. in in a comic book. But but I I just personally feel you're going to get more interest from yeah, people yeah. if you offer it as a one shot.
2: So yeah, right.
3: I mean, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Clearly, vast knowledge with us. Yeah. Well, a, at
2: least, I kind of feel like we could we could have gone on for hours about this because there is so much there. But we are limited. So we are limited much. on time, so we squeeze what yeah, we got. So you're, much. I yeah. guess
3: you'll just have to come back and talk to us more. We'll do a, we'll we'll do a, we'll do a part two. at some oh, point. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'll have to.
4: I'll have to stay in my
3: crab persona <laughs> 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 and the costume. I, I mean, yes. the crowd costume is like an absolute thing yeah. I don't the know pincers, quite how it, it, The pincers are good, but these like, the little antenna they are really impressive <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Yes,
2: <laughs> and Just the way that the you're, the you're walking sideways constantly is amazing It's the best, <laughs> yes. I, I'm, yes. I'm impressed yeah. That's oh, just thing.
4: because the Hulk smashed me in the side of the head so I walk sideways Anyway,
2: around. that's us <laughs> the that's, that's for this week Let's get out of here yeah. And we'll definitely do yeah, a part two to this and go into some of the other games that we missed
4: yeah. right. Whatever you guys want, I'm here
0: Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.
2: Yeah, yeah. Are we all recording? (laughs) Yep, yep, yep.
0: Yep. Okay.
2: Three, two, one, then clap.
0: Three,
2: two, one. Ah! That was a nice F- synchronized F- clap. F- that
4: was good. Thanks, you
3: are- Yeah, yeah, well, how I just you- clapped and my cat decided to leave because it was very... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 While he was on your lap.
3: And never, never did a a trombone.